0: Bye. week and another episode of Scriptures Revealed. And I believe that the Scriptures are being just that to all of us. The Scriptures are being revealed. And we are excited about what God is revealing to us. We are excited about what is unfolding before us as we have taken this journey through the book of Ephesians. And guess what? We are actually going to conclude chapter 1 this week. I know it has been a journey, um, but we are finally concluding. Including chapter one. And we're going to get through these verses, unlock some treasures and some riches that are found within them. And we are going to let the word of the Lord continue to explode in our hearts, explode in our minds and cause a transformation, in, even in our intellect. And so we are excited about the word of the Lord. Now, let's briefly uh, recap some things real briefly as we conclude this chapter. We embarked on the uh, book of Ephesians learning that uh, the, the book actually begins in the book of Acts. And we learned that uh, Paul went and he plowed in, in the city of Ephesus and he began to build, establish, and strengthen this church. We then move over into the book of Ephesians and we see where uh, he begins to lay the groundwork and unfold to us that he is a commissioner in the nation of of Jesus Christ. So in other words, what we call commissioners in the kingdom are apostles. And so he is an apostle in the nation of Jesus Christ. And we have been naturalized into that nation. And we found out that the whole entire Godhead uh, had played a part in naturalizing us into the nation of Jesus Christ. And we learned that the father had a part and then we learned the three parts that the father played. And then we learned about the three parts that uh, Jesus, the son played in naturalizing us. And then we learned about the work of the Holy Spirit and naturalizing us as citizens in the nation of Jesus Christ. So the Godhead, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit had a sevenfold work in naturalizing us into the nation of Jesus Christ. And then we went ahead and learned about the whole intent and the whole core of the gospel is about family. It is about God wanting to create mankind after his image and in his likeness and make us a part of the royal family. You are not just meant to be some uh, peasant. You are not meant to be a beggar. That's why the Bible says you are more than a conqueror. That's why you are an overcomer. That's why you have been called to rule and to reign. That is why as he is, so are you in this world because you have been made, you have been grafted in, you have been adopted in, you have been inducted into the royal family of the Godhead. And so we learn that is at the heart and the core of our gospel. And then after we realized that we were inducted into the royal family, we began to take a journey through the first apostolic prayer in the book of Ephesians. And it is a marvelous prayer. And we learned also that this prayer is actually, is just an insight into the prayer life of Paul, that Paul doesn't actually give us the full length of all that he prayed for this church. If you look at the scriptures in the Greek, you're going to discover that this is one sentence in the prayer of the apostle. So Paul. This, these verses, and we learned that through our verses 17 through the end of chapter one, it is really one long sentence. It is a glimpse into the apostolic prayer life of Paul regarding the church in Ephesus. And so we learned that. We learned that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is not given to us so that we can seem great and we can seem so wonderful and we can seem so awesome. No, it was given to us to take us into the depth of the mind of God and take us into the intellect of God and so in that realm is called the Jesus realm and we unlock that and we unlock the wonders of God and we unlock the depths and the mysteries and the splendor of our God and we uh, uh, took a journey into that and this week we are going to conclude this prayer, unlock the riches and the wealth that is invested in a part of the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. So I want to re- reread some verses that we've um went over already so that we can jump into where we're actually going to start in, which is verse 19. We're going to cover verses 19 through 23 today. So I hope you guys are ready. Hope you guys are locked in and ready to go on this journey with me. But we're going to actually start. In verse 16, just to back it up, it says, uh, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Watch this verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness Of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now there is a lot to unpack in these verses and we are going to get to work. So here in verse 19 we're learning what the spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, is unlocking to us. It unlocked to us the hope of his calling. It unlocked to us the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the third thing that is going to unlock to us is the power of God that is at work inside of the citizens of the nation of Jesus Christ. The God has released tremendous power. Uh, uh, The apostle apostle James puts it this way, that God has made tremendous power available. He has made it available by investing it on the inside of every citizen in the nation of Jesus Christ. There is power already residing on the inside of you. I want you to meditate on that. I want you to think about that, that the power of God, there is, uh, the Bible says in verse 19, that it is exceeding and it's great. There is a, which means this power is transcending. This power, it sees the limits. There is a limitless ability. The limitless ability of God is residing on the inside of you right now. I don't care what limitations have been in your life, I don't care what has been holding you back. I don't care what you feel like you're living under a glass ceiling. There is the limitless ability of God residing on you, on the inside of you. That's why I know that the power of God to heal you, you already possess, is residing on the inside of you. The power of God that breaks the limits that the sickness puts on on bodies. Uh, The power of God that breaks the limits of bondages and breaks the limits of, of cycles and breaks the limits of, of bloodline curses is residing on the inside of you. And what the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation does is it opens our eyes to see the power of God, the ability of God that is resting right now on the inside of you. That is amazing. and it says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? And that word toward us, it means it, the power of God that has been invested it in us. It has been invested into us. It's not coming at you. It's already residing in you. You know, when you're um, in battle, when you're in warfare, when you're in a fight, a lot of times when we are engaging in spiritual warfare, we have to get a perception change. Uh, we have to get a change of view about how we fight in the kingdom of God. See, in the kingdom, we're not fighting to obtain something. We're not fighting to get something. We're not fighting to to conquer something. We are fighting to protect the spoils of the king. I'm going to say that to you again because I want you to get that. In the kingdom of God, when we talk about spiritual warfare, we have to have a shift in mindset that we are not fighting to gain something. We're not fighting to obtain something. We're not fighting to to achieve something. What we are fighting to do is to protect. The warfare of the kingdom is a fight to protect. It is not a fight to obtain. Jesus has already fought the battle. Jesus has already already won the war. What we are doing uh, is that we are protecting the treasures, the spoils, the gains of our king. Jesus has already done it. Jesus has already done it Jesus has already. that's why the Bible says that he has destroyed the works of the devil so why am I in spiritual warfare why am I wrestling against principalities why am I uh, pulling down strongholds and casting down imaginations it's all in an effort to protect what the king has already obtained that, that, that has to become your new mindset. And it makes warfare different. It's a different thing when instead of, instead of trying to fight for healing, you're fighting to protect the fact that by the stripes of Jesus, you are already healed. It's a different game. It's a different battle. It's a different war when you realize that you're not fighting to get wealthy. You're fighting to protect the fact that Jesus was made poor so that through his poverty, we might be rich. We are fighting to protect. We're not fighting to obtain or gain. It it changes the entire warfare strategy when you realize that you're not fighting to get delivered. You're fighting to protect the fact that you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. You've been redeemed from generational curses. You've been redeemed from sin cycles. You're not fighting to get it. You're fighting to protect it. You've got to protect what Jesus Christ has already done for every citizen in his nation. You've got to fight to protect it. So watch this. So uh, the Apostle Paul reveals us that the power of God, the limitless ability of God has been invested on the inside of every person that is believing, every person that is a believer and who are believers. They are the saints. They are the faithful ones in Christ Jesus or in the nation of Jesus Christ. They are Jesus's citizens. That's who they are. That's okay. So the power of God has been invested on the inside of you. Watch this. And the same power. Now what Paul is about to do. And where we are going to spend the rest of our time unlocking in this episode. Is that we are going to discover, Paul says, this limitless ability of God that is residing on the inside of you. Now, I'm going to try to stay very calm, and I'm going to try to really teach this and plow through this so that we can get this, but this is exciting news. The gospel is exciting. The gospel is full of power. The gospel is full of might, and if we would grab a hold of the gospel and actually proclaim it to the world, I am convinced that more people would. would would run to the church and would run to our Savior because the gospel is indeed good news. So, Paul begins to unlock for us and unfold to us the limitless ability of God because this is what Paul says. He says, I want this power to be revealed to you that's been invested in you. I want it to be revealed to you what has been invested in you, but I want you to understand that this is the same power that was demonstrated in Christ. Is the same power that has been invested in you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to use Paul, what Paul wrote here to show us what this power looks like. What this ability of God looks like. What does the ability of God without limits look like? Think about that for a second. Think about the ability of God. Think about the power of God and think about ability without limits. That's really what we're talking about. We're talking about ability without limits. There are no limits on the ability of God. There are no limits on the power of God. And we see that power demonstrated, according to the scriptures, we see that power demonstrated in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at this. It says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So watch this. This same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that God Almighty has invested on the inside of you. It's the same power. I want you to understand that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the very center and the core of Christianity. It is at the core of what we believe. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have no Christianity. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we cannot be naturalized into his nation. Without the resurrection, we need the resurrection. It is the greatest feat in our Christian faith. But watch this it it being the greatest feat, the Bible says this is where the power of God was demonstrated without limitation. Without boundaries. Without anything holding it back. And that power has been invested on the inside of you. Death could not keep Jesus in the grave. Because of the power of God. Hell could not keep Jesus in the grave. Because of the power of God. Sin could not keep Jesus in the grave. Because of the power of God. Sickness. Judgment could not keep Jesus in the grave because of the power of God. Why is that important? I want to get that in you because everything I say about Jesus in this episode, everything I say that the power of God accomplished for Jesus, the Bible is saying that that power resides on the inside of you. And it is going to be the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation that unlocks the reality of this power in your life. And the Bible says in the in the gospel of john that jesus christ took on the judgment of the world he took on when he was on the cross he took on the judgment of the world so everything everything you have ever done wrong every crime you have ever committed against god jesus took the punishment for and that is what sent jesus to hell jesus went to hell in my place that's why the bible says in the book of Psalms, god did not let his holy one see corruption he was bound for corruption his body was bound for corruption but god did not let it happen why because the power of god does not have limits does not have boundaries does not have parameters it is limitless it transcends the laws of nature so watch this Jesus dies on the cross. He takes on the punishment of my crimes. He takes on the punishment of your crimes. And it sentences him in the judicial system of the kingdom of God. It sentences him to prison. And we learn that God's prison system is hell. God's prison system is hell. And so Jesus is punished. He's penalized. He's condemned for my crimes in his kingdom. And your crimes in his kingdom. And so he is sent to the penitentiary. But watch this. The power is so limitless that it superseded the judgments against Jesus. I mean, when you, when you get a hold of this, this is going to make you shout. It's going to make you happy. It's going to make you grateful for your savior, grateful for the gospel, grateful for the fact that you are a part of this nation called Jesus Christ. Your judgment was not powerful enough to keep Jesus in jail, (laughs) your judgments, your condemnations, your, the penalties for your sins were not enough against the power of God. That's why the Bible said it was the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And it is that same power that has been invested in you. That means any, any crime you've committed in God's kingdom, is no match for the power of God to liberate you from the shame and the guilt and the condemnation and the penalty and the stain and the defilement of your crimes. The power of God has been given to you to cause you to be raised from the dead because it's the same power. Remember that. He says, this power is invested in you. And it's the same power he worked in Jesus to get him out of the grave. What did it take to get Jesus out of the grave? What did it take to raise Jesus from the dead? It took the power of God. And the power of God had to fight against judgment. It had to fight against sin. It had to fight against sickness. It had to fight against uh, the condemnation. It had to fight against shame. It had to fight against your generational curses. It had to fight against every word curse spoken over you. It had to fight against every bloodline curse in your in your family. It had to fight against every covenant you made with death. It had to fight against hell. It had to fight against the grave. And that power has been invested on the inside of you. So let's keep reading because it gets, it gets better. It gets better. It says, "...which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand." In the heavenly places. Or in other words, it sat him at his own right hand among the celestial ones. Or among the angels. This power, it just didn't get Jesus out of the grave. It didn't just restore his life. It didn't just give him another chance. See, the power of God in you, it just didn't raise you from the dead. It didn't just give you a second chance. It didn't give you a chance to redo your life. No, it, it rose you from the dead. And then it set you at the right hand of God in Christ because the Bible says in the book of Colossians that our life is hidden in Christ in God and Christ is seated at the right hand. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's seated in a place of honor. God didn't just give you a second chance. He gave you a chance to live and honor. He gave you a chance to live with the majesty and the glory of God shining down upon you. That's why God doesn't just want you to conquer. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. He knows he's called you to triumph in Christ. You are victorious. You are an overcomer and you have been given all of the ability necessary to rule and reign in this life. So watch this. It says he seated him at the right hand of God, far above all principalities. Now, I want I want us to take a look at this because we're going to look at what Jesus Christ has been set above. He's been set far above. And remember, all of these things that is telling us about what God did for Christ. He's giving us something to look at to help us better grab a hold of and better wrap our minds around the fact that this is the same power that has been invested in you. It's the same ability of God. It's the same power far above all principality that word principality are spiritual It means spiritual Kings, spiritual Kings, spiritual Kings. Okay. I want you to think about that. Spiritual Kings. Okay. There are spiritual Kings. Now let me give you Bible for that. Go over to Job chapter 18 and look at verse 14. 18 and 14 says his confidence "...shall be rooted out of his tabernacle, and it shall bring him to the king of terrors." It shall bring him to the king of terrors. The Amplified says, "...he shall be rooted out of his dwelling place, in which he trusted, and he shall be brought to the king of terrors." And in uh, parentheses, it says death. So we learn here that terror and death is a spiritual king. Terrors and death is a principality. It's a principality. It's a king. It is a spiritual king. Let me, the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So let's go over to Job 41 and 34. Job 41 and 34 to give you another one just to establish it. And Job 41 and 34 says, He beholds all things. He is a king over all the children of pride. He is a king over all the children of pride. So, he is the king. And it talks about the spirit of Leviathan here. And so, Leviathan is a spiritual king. So, in other words, it is a principality. So, principalities are spiritual kings. In the spirit world, there are kings. That's why the Bible says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is king of kings and he's lord of lords. He's not the only king, but he's the king of kings. He is the supreme king. He is the sovereign king, but there are other little kings or other little gods. Even in the Old Testament, when you look at a gods in the Old Testament, when you see that word, it's actually demons. Demons. Because there is no God but Jehovah. I, the prophet Isaiah reveals to us that God searched all of heaven. He searched all of earth. He searched under the earth and could not find anybody like him. Could not find anybody to match him. To not find anybody comparable to him. Because he is the only true God. But there are other little G-gods little that are demonic. They are demons, but they are principalities. And a principality is a spiritual king. Now, back in, in Ephesians, it says that Jesus Christ, he's been raised. The power of God has raised him far above all principalities or all spiritual kings, which means the power of God that is invested on the inside of you is greater than than the king of terrors is greater than the king's king of death is greater than the king of pride no matter what the principality is you've been invested with the ability of god to conquer it because it's the same power it's the same power that raised jesus that wants to raise you up that wants to raise you up so yes jesus ascended but so did you When you believe in him, and when you become naturalized into his nation, he's not the only one that gets raised from the dead. You are raised from the dead. You are raised from fear. You are raised from pride. You are raised from terror. You are raised from these principalities, these spiritual kings. You are raised from that because you are in him. You are a part of his nation. So watch this. Far above all principality. And power, you know what that word power? I wish I had time to really unlock this, but we're gonna learn more about the the spiritual hierarchy when we get to chapter six and talk about spiritual warfare. But principality and power—that word power—is is really these are the political, sp- the the spiritual political powers. These are demonic forces, or or not just demonic; these are angels and demons that deal with. Spiritual government. Satan has a hierarchy in his kingdom. God has a hierarchy in his kingdom. He has a government. The Bible says that the government will sit on the shoulders of our Savior. And the angels that are assigned to governmental issues in the kingdom of God are called powers. All right. We're going to learn more about that as we go on. But they're called powers and might. And dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Jesus has been raised. And he's not just been raised above angels and demons and principalities, but he's been raised above everything that has a name. Everything that has a name. every I don't care what it is. If it has a name, the power of God is greater And we see that power demonstrated in the life of Jesus Christ. But watch this, verse 22 and 23. And then I am out of time. (laughs) It says, And has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He, Paul, wraps this thing up so beautifully. And he says, you know what? I've showed you that the power of God has been invested on the inside of you, and it is greater than any limit you could possibly think of. And I've showed you the power of God that was demonstrated when God raised Jesus from the dead. And I've shown you the power of God that was demonstrated to not just raise him from the dead, but sit him at the right hand of God above principalities and powers and mights and dominions and names. But I want you to also see that this same power He didn't just have it demonstrated in Jesus, but he's allowed the church to experience this same power, this same limitless ability of God. And so it's not just under Jesus' feet, it's under the feet of the church. The church is triumphant. The church is victorious. The church will rule and reign on the earth because as he is, so are we on this earth. It is the limitless power of God. So who ascended? Who got up from the grave? I know we celebrate Easter and we have resurrection Sunday. But I want us to understand who really got up that day. It wasn't just Jesus. But it was everybody that would be a part of the nation of Jesus Christ. God didn't just raise Jesus. Jesus. He raised you up. And he raised you up to rule and to reign and to conquer and to live a triumphant and victorious life on this earth. That is the power of the gospel. That is the benefit of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It is a part of the blessings of being a part of the nation of Jesus Christ. You've been called to rule. So stop living in the pit of despair. You have been called to reign. So stop living like a pauper in God's kingdom and allow the power of God to cause you to be victorious in your life. Well, guys, again, I am out of time, but we have gotten through chapter one of Ephesians. And I hope this has blessed you. I hope this has encouraged you. I hope it has empowered you. And we are going to start at the top of the month. Next week, we're going to start going through chapter two of Ephesians and continue our journey and allowing the scriptures to be revealed, to be disclosed, to to be unveiled to us so that we can be changed and transformed by the power of God's word. Don't forget though, don't forget to share. Don't forget to leave your reviews and your ratings to let me know and to let others know how this podcast is blessing you. We want the word of God to get out and to spread and to change lives so that we all can go from glory to glory and faith to faith. Love you all and see you next week.